time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Thanks for joining us today on the Retirement Roadmap. Walter Storholt here with Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. Find us online at roadmapfinancial.com. On today's show, an intriguing one, some counterintuitive advice about the old 401k. Don't get us wrong, can be a, certainly a great place to invest your money and save for retirement. Most of you listening to this show have probably had access to a 401k or have access to currently a 401k or a similar plan uh, through your job and through work. But we're going to talk about some of the advice that uh, may be a little bit counterintuitive to just that presumed, yeah, throw your money in a 401k. What might be the cases where we shy away from a 401k or go in a different direction? That's what we're going to explore with Glenn Mosseller today. Glenn, you ready to go? Yes, Walter. Let's 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 jump in. This one this one should be pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there, there may be some folks out there that uh, it's like, well, hey, I'd never really thought of that that way before. And, sure. and so there, there's other things to considerations. And I, I'm looking forward to diving in and, and uh, having those conversations. We've got a list of six or seven uh, reasons or counterintuitive pieces of advice when it comes to the 401k. Why maybe you shy away from investing in one, at least consider it. Uh, The first one on the list, Glenn, is if you don't have an emergency fund, think twice before investing in your 401k. Why would that be? Well, Walter, I mean, here's the reality that that I've experienced in, in talking with lots of people, particularly if you know if you're in your accumulation years and you're saving for retirement, is is that so many people they they've got resources, they have income, but they have an enormous amount of their money tied up in their home equity and in their 401ks. And so typically what that means is is that it's hard to access those those resources, right? And so what ends up happening is is that sometimes you know, people are just in a difficult spot. It's like, okay, yeah, I've got these things, but you know, I can't get I, you know, I, I you know, where am I going to draw where am I going to draw money from if I have an emergency or or you know, maybe it's not an outright emergency, but there there're normal things that happen. You know, maybe you know, you know, you've got to, you've got to get a new car or, or an HVAC unit or, you know, things that are, you know, that are, you know, outside of the normal monthly cash flow, right? And so you got to think in terms of, do you have that kind of fund available or those kinds of funds available when those things happen in your, and, you know, in life, because they're in, they're, they're, they're inevitably going to happen. And so you got to be careful because you don't want to, you don't want to have, you know, a, a situation where you just simply don't have access to capital and then you're then you're kind of compromised, and then you have to borrow money at higher interest rates, or 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 you know you're just you know you're, you're you get you kind of get strapped, and, and life becomes really difficult. So that's not to say that you avoid the 401k, but you also got to make sure that it's just like you have you have you have other you have other accounts that are there, right? Because you want to have access to money because there is going there are going to be things that come up in life. Typically, you know, you you want to have an emergency fund to help with that, you know, but you know, it just in general terms, it's 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 good to have other other resources and other accounts that that don't have necessarily quite as many rules around them that where you can have more flexibility if that makes sense. Does make sense. Yeah. So if you don't have an emergency fund, a couple of reasons why then you might want to consider how you're investing in that 401k or allocating some dollars a little bit differently. Good first reason to get us started. How about this situation? If your employer doesn't match your contributions, should that make you look at the 401k a little bit differently? 
Well, yeah, Walter. I mean, you you certainly want to take a look, right? I mean, that's that's one of that's one of the nice things about most 401ks is is that your employer is going to match at least some of your contributions in a lot of cases. You know, that said, you know, even even when that happens, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to, you know, to match, you know, all the way up to, you know, to the maximum contributions that you can make. In some rare situations, that is the case, but in more often than not, it, 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 it's not, right? And, and so, you know, the, those matching contributions are, are typically limited. Sometimes they don't exist at all. I mean, I've, I've had conversations with, with folks that, that say, yeah, I've got a 401k at work, but, you know, we, we, we don't have any matching contributions. Sometimes the, they, they did in the past, and then, you know, things kind of got tighter or for whatever reasons, the employer decided to, to not have matching contributions any longer, um, you know, or they just never did. You know, then that, then that, becomes a, that becomes an interesting question. Well, you know, should you be putting money into that 401k, you know, because that's one of the big benefits to, you know, to having that because it's almost like having free money come in, right, or additional monies coming in. And if you don't have those matching funds, then, you know, well, you know, there's, there's you know, certainly, you know, you want to consider the IRA, you want to consider other, you know, possible investment accounts or other funds, you know, as we were talking about just a minute ago in terms of do you have access to money that that's 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 there in the different accounts you know maybe you think about it differently maybe you don't completely ignore the 401k but but maybe you fund an IRA first and if you if you get to a place where you've you know you've maxed out your contributions there then you start you know putting money into a 401k if there's if there's not matching funds right because if you have an IRA you have a little bit more control over that versus you know only being limited to the to the menu of of of, of choices that are of investment choices that are that are that are there within the 401k if you have an IRA you can pretty much put money into just about anything that's in the that's in the you know financial universe you're typically going to be not having like, you know, rental real estate or something like that. And, you know, in, in an IRA, but at the same time, you can look at virtually any fund, you know, or, you know, or different types of, uh, you know, in, you know, insurance products and whatnot. There's, you know, some, sometimes that's a good fit. Sometimes it isn't. But the, the point is, is that you have more flexibility within an IRA than you typically have with a 401k. And if there's not those matching contributions, then maybe, maybe, like I say, maybe you fund the IRA first, and then if you want to continue to put additional monies away, then maybe start looking at the 401k. Another great reason to consider this 401k a little bit more in depth. If you find yourself kind of matching up with any of these reasons on today's show, uh, let that be a little bit of a clue to look further into your investment choices. So, so far, if you don't have an emergency fund or if those contributions aren't being matched, you know, let that be a little pause there. As well as this next one, if you're swimming in debt, that might be a reason why you need to, to maybe pause or, or rethink the 401k contributions. Well, that's right, Walter. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to get all of your debt paid off before before you start investing, because if that if you you know if you use that as a measuring stick, then sometimes people never get around to putting money away for retirement. And the other the other thing here, Walter, is is I think it's important to to think in terms of how we are defining the word debt, right? 
Um, you know, a lot of a lot of folks will look at you know different you know different way different definitions of that, and and more often than not, people think, oh well, if I've got if I've got a monthly payment that's going out for you know, for this or for that, it's it, you know I'm in debt, and you know and and maybe technically that may be true. But you know, I, I think I think it's important to look at some nuance there. And what I'm what I'm really kind of getting at, particularly, is is you know, is your home, right? Or if you, you know, if you have a house, you know, most people, particularly in the you know in their accumulation years, are probably going to have a mortgage payment on that. But at the same time, there's an asset that's there that is worth something, and typically it's worth more than what the than what the mortgage balance is. And if you were looking at a balance sheet, you have assets and you have liabilities. You know, and it's not just pure debt. Pure debt is less like you know you have a you know maybe a credit card or something like that where there's no collateral for it and there's no asset there. You know, I like to use the definition of of debt is is that if you have debt, that means that you have obligations. For for future dollars that you have no you have no other way to pay for other than by utilizing money that you have yet to earn. Well, if you use that as a definition of debt, then it's like now you're re- that that's real debt. If you if on the other hand you're borrowing money by choice and there's assets there with you know in, on your balance sheet or that are collateralizing a particular loan, that's that's something that's a little bit different than if you just you know you're just completely swimming in debt and you have no way to pay make the payments until and unless you get a, another paycheck, right? So kind of leaving you know keeping that you know definition in mind I think which is important you have to look at it's like well you know what what are your debt payments look like you know what are what are those liability payments that that you that you have to make you know are they credit cards are they are they you know, mortgage payments are they are they car payments you know are they are they college loans there's a lot of things there but Walter it kind of really comes down to if you have guaranteed interest you know going working against you and you know that you're going to be making those payments out You've got to find the right balance between saving for retirement, you know, where the, you know, in, in particularly into a, into a fund that may or may not be going up is, you know, because the markets go up and markets go down and different funds are going to go up and down with the, with the markets. But if you know that you, it's like, hey, I, this this loan is out there and it, it's at a certain percentage rate, you know that you're paying that out. You got to really evaluate how much sense does it make to be making making those payments, that, you know, and also contributing, you know, an excess amount into the into the four hundred one k or IRAs, you know, and that's that's not it's not just a you know a clear cut black and white situation. There's shades of gray there, and that's where probably you know working with an, a financial advisor is is going to be helpful to try to figure figure out what that right balance is. But you know, it, it's certainly something that needs to go into the mix in terms of how you're making decisions because you know you 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 don't, you don't really want to have you know particularly on 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 an ongoing long term basis you know compound interest working against you at the same time that you're trying to overfund a 401k or something like that. It's just like you've got one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake and it's and you're not going anywhere and you're putting yourself in a more and more difficult situation because the more money that goes into the 401k in that situation, you know, maybe you're saving for retirement, but you have less access to money that you've put away to save. And now you're back into that, you know, that, 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 uh, that difficult spot that we were talking about earlier. 
That's a great point, Glenn. So many good reasons, maybe more than people already envisioned, of why you might want to rethink the 401k. doesn't mean permanently rethink it, but just some of these are just temporary. You know, pump the brakes maybe on contributions or, yeah, how you're invested. We'll continue to uncover that. Again, as we cover this counterintuitive advice about 401ks, maybe not what you're used to hearing. When it comes to, yeah, just throw, throw money in there. It's the best way to save. Uh, a couple of nuances here that are important. Something else we should bring up would be taxes, Glenn. And if you're worried about future tax increases, well, that could bring a little bit of concern when it comes to the 401k. But uh, how so? Well, Walter, I mean, it, it comes to what we've talked about in the, you know, in, in previous episodes, right? In terms of, you know, are the, your traditional uh, 401k or your traditional IRA, those contributions go in on, you know, on a pre-tax basis, simply meaning that you're taking wages that you have yet to pay taxes on and you're putting that into into a retirement account and your and your agreement with the government by by them allowing you to do that is is that when that money comes out, those deferred wages are now going to end up becoming subject to taxation along with the earnings, right? What you put into the account and whatever it earned is now going to be come out and it's going to come out as ordinary income at some point in the future, right? So, you know, you've got to ask yourself the question, you know, you know, what do you, you know, number one, what do you think future tax rates are going to look like? Do you think they're going to be about the same as what they currently are? Do you think they're going to be lower? Do you think they're going to be higher? And, you know, and if you think they're going to be higher, which, you know, most people that I talk to, you know, kind of have that belief because, you know, and, and, it's, and it's pretty well founded in that we are at historically low tax rates. It may not feel that way, but, but, but you know, if you look at the, histor- the history of, uh, of income tax rates in the United States, you know, we're at, we're at really low levels, you know, historically. And so if you think that it's likely to, you know, to have, you know, future tax increases, you know, due to the, the debt and the deficits that, are, you know, that our federal government, you know, are, is, you know, are running, well, then, you know, you have to kind of ask, ask yourself the question, how much sense does it make to be putting money into an account that's going to be taxed at future tax rates when those tax rates may be higher than what they currently are? You know, so, you know, you have to ask yourself that that's a significant question to determine whether or not you want to be wanting to put money into the 401k or how much money are you going to be putting in there? Does your does your company offer, you know, Roth, you know, uh, 401k? And more and more companies are offering that where you pay the taxes before the money goes in. And then the money that you put in there is not is not going to be taxed, you know, again in the future. And then the earnings can, you know, potentially you know, as well be tax free. That's a, that's a different scenario. But at the same time, don't get me wrong that it because it's not necessarily true that you don't want to have any pre-tax dollars or any pre-tax accounts. Because if you if familiar at all with a tax return, you realize that there's these things called deductions, right? And if you have every last bit of all of your you know retirement income be tax-free, a lot of people would think, well, that would be great, Glenn. Well, the challenge is this: it's like if you if your if your adjusted gross income equals zero, and then you have deductions, you know that that are that are significant for a married couple. You know they're going to be you know they're going to be you know depending upon when you're listening to this and how old you are, you know probably somewhere between twenty five and thirty thousand dollars of of standard deduction. You know for a, you know for a married couple. Well, it's like you know if you if you if you had that simply means that if you're if you had twenty five to $30,000 of adjusted gross income, then that could potentially be offset by deductions and your taxable income is, is your adjusted gross income minus your deductions. 
Well, you know, if you can kind of do the math there, it's like what we're, what we're really looking at is the taxable income, right? And so you want to kind of look at that and say, huh, what's the right amount of money that I should have in a pre-tax account versus just putting, you know, as much money as I can into that pre-tax account? Another great point there, Glenn. So we talked about debt recently and tax increases. So those are big. This one will shift gears a little bit as we talk about counterintuitive 401k advice. If you've got a 401k and you no longer work at that company where you had the 401k, um, why can't we just let it sit there? Why would that be kind of, you know, a, a notice that we should change things up? Well, I mean, you can leave it there, Walter, but you kind of need to ask yourself the question. I mean, do, how much sense does that really make? If you've left the company, right, then your your life kind of moved on. And, you know, you have the ability to do several things. You can roll it over into an IRA. You can transfer it into, a, you know, a current employer's plan. You can, if you're you know, needing some cash flow for, for different reasons, you might take a partial distribution of that. You have to be careful about that, though, in terms of what your age is, because you may have some tax implications, as well as some, you know, pre-59 and a half penalties, you know, because 59 and a half is typically the age that you have to be in order to be able to take money out without penalty, you know, out of that type of an account. But, you know, that said, there, there's still there's still reasons why you might consider that even, you know, if you're if you're before 59, 59 and a half or after, you know, as because there's choices there. Right. And you and you don't really want to you know necessarily leave things behind. The other thing that just kind of just makes sense, I think, for, for most people is, is that, you know, if you leave it behind, then all of a sudden it's like now you've got this account, and you got that account. And, and all of a sudden things become more and more complicated, you know, the more accounts you have. And it's, it's harder to keep up with everything. In general terms, you want to try to simplify your life as much as you possibly can. You know, not, you don't, you don't want to, you got to be careful there. You don't want to make it too simple, right? And just like having a savings account and that's all you have got on one hand. On the other hand, you know, you know, you don't, it does, you don't want to leave it be, you know, unnecessarily complicated either, right? You want to find that right balance and kind of leaving something behind at a, at a, at a prior company, you know, more often than not, there, there are, there are better choices as to what you might want to do. And again, that, that's something where you might want to have a conversation with your advisor about. All right, Glenn, we've got a couple more examples here to cover on today's episode, counterintuitive 401k advice. If you might need the money before retirement, that's another reason why you might not want to invest in a 401k or, or rethink the strategy. Right. Well, that's what we were just talking about, right, Walter, is, is the early withdrawal penalties, right? 59 and a half, you know, is typically that situation. If you have a 401k or a 403b, you know, you might be able to start taking distributions under certain circumstances at age 55, you know, with without penalty. But but in general terms, you know, we you, you really want to make sure that you have access to capital to be able to do the things that you need to do, you know, and again, you want to kind of be wary of having all of your assets tied up in your home equity and in, and in your retirement account where you don't have access to them. I don't know how many people I've, I've talked to and seen over the years that have significant assets, but they, the problem is, is that they just can't get to them, right? And so then that puts them in a compromised position that they've got to borrow money that they really didn't want to borrow cash flow that is, is difficult, 
right? You don't want to have a difficult cash flow situation if you have significant assets. Something's out of balance, or at least there should be. The, there's a red, red flag or two that ought to be going up if you if you've got a if you've got quite a bit of money, you know, and you know, or you've got quite a bit of assets, but you can't get to any of the money. That that's that's a problem. Right, because life happens, and life requires you know extra money sometimes. You know, and it's even if you're not doing thing something out of the ordinary. You I mean just buying a new car or putting kids through college? You know, you know like I say, you know, maybe you know HVAC unit goes out or you know at, at an inopportune time, and you've got to have access to money, and you know, and so you've got to be, you just got to make sure that you, that you can do that, especially when we're talking about you know that that you know that you, you don't want to be paying. Pre, an, an extra 10% on top of taxes for taking money out of an account because that's that was your that that's what you felt like was your best choice. Kind of hard to justify the idea of of paying taxes plus 10% when you're in your you know prime earning years, right? It's just like if you're if you're earning as much as you've ever earned in your salary and wages, and then you take an additional distribution out of a taxable account, and then you're going to pay an additional 10% penalty on top of all of that. You can see that all of a sudden you're you know. That, that that's that's an expensive withdrawal and 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 you don't want to be in that situation where that's your best choice or your only choice another great point there glenn good to expand on those withdrawal penalties a little bit more it's just so important to underscore the impact that can have if you're not prepared last but not least let's get to our final counterintuitive piece of 401k advice here if you have concerns about the structure of the plan this one seems like maybe it's less common or, or more for those who are like really in tune with things. But what about the structure might be, um, you know, cause for concern for someone? Well, I mean, Walter, I mean, that's touched on this just a little bit, right? In terms of, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, in terms of control of your money, right? And do you have access to it? Typically, most 401ks have very limited menu of choices. You know, you can pick between this, this, and this, you know, and, you know, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's, a, you know, a handful of choices. Maybe there's a dozen, maybe there's a couple dozen, but is, you know, anybody who's ever looked at, you know, at, at the investment world, I mean, there's a, not quite unlimited choices, but there's, there's a lot more than what typically on the menu of the 401k and you know and if you have more choices you know oftentimes that can be a good thing because you know you can you can really pick and choose as to where you want to position your money based on what your goals and your times horizons are and, and whatnot you also need to look at the the fees and expenses that are there you know and what you're getting for them and you know there are there are situations where some 401ks are extraordinarily expensive sometimes you know sometimes they are sometimes they're not but you you, know, you want to be aware of that and you want to be aware of that regardless you know i mean if you're if you're you know if, if you're wherever you're having your money there's typically going to be some sort of fees and expenses right I mean that's that's it's it's extraordinarily unusual that there's nothing there as far as fees and expenses and if there is nothing there as far as fees and expenses then you know oftentimes there there might be there might be some challenges in terms of you know of guidance that you might be you know getting in terms of what to do and when in terms of you know helping you in terms of somebody that you can really turn to with reliable advice you know and that you know that you feel like that they're working with you as you know as as like your teammate if there's nothing there in terms of fees and expenses then typically that means that there's very little advice and you also wonder about you know what's what's there in the in that investment choice too that's not to say that fees and expenses are good, and that's not to say that they're bad. I mean, they just kind of are, but you have to evaluate how much are they and what are you getting for them, and you know, and and do you need do you need some service? And typically, if there's if there's no fees 
or very, very little fees and expenses, then that means you're, you're probably not going to get very much service, if any. And then, it be, and then it becomes difficult and you have less flexibility and everything else. That, and so again, you just kind of have to weigh it all out and make those determinations as to whether or not that's the best place for, you know, for your money. And maybe it's, a, maybe it's a good place for part of your money, but maybe there's another place for another part of your money that, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be helpful and, you know, and serve you with, with all your overall needs. Lots of good considerations on today's show. If you have been intrigued to seek out some more information to understand why maybe a 401k is not the right uh, fit for you at the moment, uh, why you might want to reconsider your 401k strategy, uh, seven good reasons on today's show. Well, at least seven reasons. Uh, All the extra commentary Glenn gave here, I'm sure there were a few extra reasons embedded in there. Uh, So, yeah, if it's got you thinking, ah, maybe I should relook at how I'm investing, how I'm saving, how I'm planning for retirement, well, it's easy to have a conversation and get into the specifics of your situation with Glenn. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give him a call at 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. Or go online to RoadmapFinancial.com and click on the free consultation button. It's that easy. Go to RoadmapFinancial.com. Glenn, thanks for all your help on the show today. And thanks, everybody, for listening to the program. We'll talk to you next time on the Retirement Roadmap. Roadmap. 